0: This is Social Media News Live. Hello folks, welcome to Social Media News Live. I'm Jeff C, and you're not.
1: And I'm Grace Duffy, and this is the show that keeps you up to date in the world of social media.
0: Today we are joined by my friend Lisa Denoto glassner and she's here to, sh- sh- to sh- she's here to share her secrets to success on Instagram, including how to make your brand story stand out, keep an audience interest, and build a loyal following and we're also going to talk to her about the journey to joy as she quit wall street and moved to disney it's an amazing story you're gonna love it so lisa thank you so much for joining us today excited that you're here
2: thank you so much for having me jasmine grace it's great to talk to you guys
0: so if you don't know who Lisa Donato-Glassner is, you really, really should. I've got to know her over the years. I spoke with her at a Momentum conference that Lou put on. She's amazing. So she graduated from Columbia University in 1999 and Harvard Law in 20, uh, 2004 before moving on to big law career in mergers and acquisitions on Wall Street, where she lived an incredibly successful on paper life that made her miserable 12 years, a marriage, two babies, several moves, and approximately 36,000 hours of work later, she said enough was enough, formulated an escape plan, and put a date on the calendar to walk away and start figuring out who she was again. So three long, hard, and wonderful years later, she lives a very real life, 1.2 miles behind Cinderella Castle, where she mothers her boys, runs, eats, creates uh, these amazing candles for her company, Core Memory Candles, and chronicles her journey and her meals on her blog, thecastlerun.com, where she hopes you, too, will be inspired to define your own joy. Lisa, welcome to the show. Thank you so much.
2: Thank you for that kind introduction.
0: Yeah, and by the way, I want another, uh, somebody who's, I love dearly is our friends over at Ecamm, and they're the ones who help sponsor the show. You can find out more about them at socialmedianews.live.ecm. I wanted to do a shout out really quick that they are actually doing a all about uh, LinkedIn and LinkedIn Live next week. You can find they're going to be you know kicking it off on Monday with a special episode of their Ecamm News Now. It's only going to be on LinkedIn, and they got a special guest Judy Fox. And then they're going to be hearing uh, pro tips throughout the week on their LinkedIn page. So make sure you guys go there and check them out. If, if you have, have purchased Ecamm or maybe got it for Christmas or really want to up, up your LinkedIn game, make sure you go and check this out at linkedin.com forward slash company forward slash Ecamm network. That's linkedin.com forward slash company forward slash Ecamm network. They are amazing. So with that being said, let's jump right into this because I know a lot of people are excited about Instagram storytelling.
1: Yeah, but I want to start with a story, Jeff. Um, Lisa's on her blog and on her company page. She has this beautiful story of how she, you know, kicked off this company and that journey to joy. And so at least I would love for you to share the story behind forming your company and how you escaped Wall Street to move to Disney with our audience so that's a
2: long brutal
1: story that i'll spare you the majority of um
2: but yeah so i like like jeff said in his kind introduction um you know i I had a very sort of perfect on paper life for a really long time i did my undergrad at columbia i went to harvard law i was working on wall street doing big deals and mergers and acquisitions for many many years um and life is just too darn short um and after dealing with some family illness um, i took up distance running and got some mental clarity out of that long story short um we now find ourselves living 1.2 miles from cinderella castle which is our happy place and we are kind of rewriting a life that speaks to us um it's still real life even though it's 1.2 miles from cinderella castle um but we are living i think a a a life that speaks more directly to um to what we were hoping to manifest
0: (laughs) so it's it's so funny because you talked about i read your kind of bio on your your website at thecastlerun.com and one of the things that it talked about is you can hear the 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 train from Disney in the morning, and I'm like, oh my gosh, that is! I love the sound of steam engine trains. I'm a nerd, but uh, that was really really cool reading about that. So,
2: well, talk- yeah, I think the most surreal thing to me isn't the fireworks that I can see in my backyard because fireworks oh, are yeah. fireworks; they're high in the sky, and you're supposed to be able to see them for you know miles around. Right. But the fact that I can literally open my bedroom window at night and hear the water pageant is <laughs> like.
0: <laughs> wow.
1: Like it, it, like it's so tangible in the backyard. It's pretty wild. Very cool. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but like, how did you, so talk to us about core memory candles and what that's, what, what the story behind that and what they are.
2: So um, I, I always say um, like, if you want something, there are probably other people in your community who want it as well. And when I came out of big law, I think one of my biggest fears was that if I sort of lent myself to any project in any big way, what was I giving up? Like what, Law had so taken over my life for so long that I think I became afraid to dedicate myself to any one project fully because that had sort of become a toxic concept in my mind. And so relearning how to kind of dive in headfirst to something was something that I had to explore and, and, and reinvent. And it's a funny thing because if you had told me um, when I was finishing up at Harvard Law back in 2004, thank you for dating me, (laughs) Um, that I was going to have a candle store one day. I think I would have thought that you were crazy. Um, But that's why I always say, like, kind of walk into your life with such an open mind, because on its surface, making candles and selling candles is such a strange, um, such a strange occupation to shift into. Um, And my candles do focus on Disney related scents. So that sort of powerful neurological link between a scent and memory is what we tap into. With core memory, um, and, and and focusing in on, on those Disney scents. Um, and when you look at it from five thousand feet, like I said, it seems crazy that I've gone from um, you know big deals on Wall Street to to candle making, um, but when you look at the various factors of it and how I've sort of been able to work various interests in to this one project. So I love to write, and there's a ton of writing on the site and the inspiration behind each scent. I love graphic design. I love like a, the, the power of psychology and the power of scent. There are so many different aspects that go into running this business, um, where I'm able to express myself in different ways. So I would just say, like, walk into your life with sort of an open mind, <laughs> um, and 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 don't sort of on its on its surface look away from anything um, that might serve your community and serve sort of your calling, just because it's a label that you didn't expect.
0: So. I was so excited. I, I was going to, so I have bought from Lisa's store because I have like the haunted mansion, mansion candle. And then a couple of the other ones. Once the cinnamon roll thing, that just is amazing. You want to eat the candle, uh, which don't try by the way. Um, but and, and their, their, their packaging is really, really cool and really, really – even the, the smaller ones are just amazing. You can see it behind her. I was going to bring it out here, but I was so excited I didn't – I forgot when Lisa was coming on day. But you can see behind her, they're just – they're amazing yeah. candles. Yeah, look at all of oh. them. So uh, if you are a candle junkie, you need to make sure you go to the Core Memory Candles and get some of those. They're great gifts. They smell amazing, and they look really good without even being on fire. So. Uh, anyway, little plug there. I want to call out some of our friends who are joining uh, us today. is saying, hi, it's me, Sabrina, fresh out of the eye doctor. Well, uh, hopefully um, you're okay and you, you can get home. All right, uh, uh, Sabrina. But we appreciate all your, your, uh, your support. And I think this is – I don't know why. Lou must be blocked on my thing, but he goes, anyone who quits law to move to Disney World is a complete mo- – oh, wait, never mind. So that's Lou. Kind of did the – the same path. Um, and Sabrina once again says, uh, living the dream, I escaped the corporate life and she is very happy. So, uh, Sabrina is amazing as well. So, and of, of course, Andy Lyons says, always love tuning in while I'm doing my hair and makeup for my 12 p.m. live show. So, Andy, I would love to go, feel free to drop your show in the link. And as, as we're done here, uh, people can get a bite to eat and then go over to your show. So, drop that in there. I'd love to love to help get some people over there as well because i know you do amazing live video so um last point this is I has to be lou again it's jumbo house candle day at his house so that's what he's doing right now so he, he, also, told you,
1: he also told you not to eat the candle he knows this. he says oh. from
0: experience okay
2: so, yeah oh. he likes he likes to mistake the melts for white chocolate but yeah
0: <laughs> that's good him. okay <laughs> So, and Ian says he's never done the corporate life and he's feeling left out. So, but let's go ahead and jump right into this first segment uh, because yeah. I know a lot of people hear about storytelling with Instagram stories, which Lisa does a great job at your whole session at Momentum was about Instagram stories and why we need to do it. So, i um, excited about this. So, Grace, kick us off with this.
1: So, Lisa, your own company was built on this beautiful, personal, and highly relatable story that you tell so beautifully on Instagram, I have to say, and not... Just because there you have this gorgeous backdrop that is Walt Disney World, but also because it involves your interests with with running and motherhood, as we mentioned, and and then that this very. Uh, This very relatable thing that people are I think a lot of people are experiencing now is that you have this perfect on paper life and you're looking to realign. But then you created a community around all of these things. And there's a quote about you that you um, from you in in the Orlando Voyager. And you said the way I approach things these days is to ask, what is my skill set and what does my community need? Which is very insightful, but talk to us about the process of matching your unique skill set to what it is that a community needs. And how do you discover the intersection about those two things? Because I think so often we get into the situation of like, well, I've got this going on, this going on, this going on. How does it connect to create something that is fulfilling and fulfills others as well?
2: So I tapped into this a little bit when I was first talking about the company, but I think one of the big things um, with creating a a brand and creating a product line, um, whether it's something tangible or not, is um, trusting that if you feel the call for something, if you feel the need for something, then other people in your community Probably do as well. And like I said, like when you're walking into the, this sort of field of opportunity and, 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 and possibilities, you kind of have to put the labels down and put the surprises down. Like big, you know, my, my, my one sentence story is lovely, right? It's, you know, big, big city attorney turns candle maker. That's very intriguing and very interesting. It might get a lot of people to make that first click into my profile to see what the heck is going on here. <laughs> but if you want to keep people around, you're going to have to give them a little bit more than that. Um, you know, and, and as far as, you know, finding that, finding that intersection for me, um, you know, when I walked into the Disney space, a lot of people are very loud in their Disney fandom, very sort of cosplay and Mickey and Minnie and, 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 and bounding and, and filling their, their homes with primary colors and Mickey mouse. That's not me. That's not me at all. Um, the, the sort of, you know, quiet subtlety of my aesthetic didn't go away the day that I moved to Disney world. Um, and so you can see the product line behind me, it's not meant to be primary colors and big and bold. It's meant to be this sort of quiet aesthetic that brings Disney into your home in a more discreet and subtle way. And so I have, you know, in my home, I have watercolors of the boardwalk. I have a tiny little partner statue. I have patent sketches of different things from Disney World. And so when I was bringing scent into my home, I wanted to do it in the same way, in a way that sort of called to my fandom in a subtle way so that if somebody walked into my home and wasn't a Disney fan, they just saw a gorgeous product that smelled beautiful and they didn't know any better. But if somebody walked into my my home who shared my fandom, it's our inside secret that my house smells like the lobby of the contemporary. Um, And everybody else just thinks it smells really good. Um, And so, you know, that was what I wanted. And in trusting that my community would want something similar, I was able to start piecing together all of these interests that I alluded to, photography and writing and graphic design and psychology. And of course, like the Disney fandom and had that come together into this product that I've been able to channel my interests into into this really cool intersection. But like I said, you just need to walk into that with such an open mind and so much trust for what you're interested in.
0: Oh, no, those are great, and it and you really do tell that story very very well. So, um, and I think that's one of the things that a lot of people, even who are going and checking out your your stuff right now, are saying. So, you know, the thing is, we we all love like a good story. You know, your brand story is very much tied to your personal journey about the big law and coming back and and your interests and that works for like you as a founder and maybe a solopreneur but what kind of insights can you share with other marketers and maybe business owners who are telling a brand stories that maybe aren't necessarily aligned with their journey or interests so how do we make those stories personal I mean I think a lot of time it's fear that people are scared to be there there's a rejection that goes on with that but how do, you, how do you get those stories to become personal that you need to tell for your brand in today's age?
2: So I have you know, two, two answers for you. If you are an entrepreneur and this is your product and this is your brand and you think that your story doesn't connect to it, then I would encourage you heavily to reexamine <laughs> what led you to this place in your life because you are a whole person and the whole person that you are is what has led you to this place. And if you sit and sort of meditate on that fact for a while, I promise you, I promise you that you will find a story to tell and you just need to kind of find your own boundaries and set your own comfort level and how much of that you're willing to share. If you're working for, as you know, in the marketing department for another brand that's not yours, you know, I would ask yourself two questions. First of all, what called you to this brand? Is there something about your story, about how you connect with it? Why did you wanna work there? What about the lifestyle that's embodied by this product is something that speaks to you that you can share out? And if you really are finding yourself, at least for a little while coming up empty on that question, look to the customers. Look to the people that are being served by that product, whether you consume it yourself or not, and tell their story. And that's such a powerful thing, right? Because it's not just that you're finding content in other places, but you're telling the story of your greatest advocates and your greatest customers, and they love to see themselves online. Um, and so in, in sharing their story while you try to look for yours, um, I think you might buy yourself some time and a little bit more interest.
0: So uh, some perfect examples of that. I want to do a shout out to some of our faithful fans and followers like Gary Stockton, who had helped us with the audio issue before. I know he works for a big in a marketing department in a big agency. And I know, though, from watching his stories and what he does is that he is a musician and he records stuff and he posts it on his his own account. And that endears me to Gary because I'm like, oh, my gosh, I play stuff, too. Not very well, but. Um, there's that connection. And then like Sabrina, I know that her husband's a chef and in New York dealing with, you know, all the stuff that happened with the lockdown. And so uh, she's bringing those parts of and pieces of her life into her own story, which uh, just makes it a richer experience in following those people. And I think that's exactly what you were saying is she, they have sat down and thought of what I can share and, and help build that brand.
2: Yeah, I think, you know, we'll, we'll talk about this this more with with some of the other questions i think but um you know just you're meant to be a whole person in your stories your 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 instagram feed is very niche and your Mm -hmm. stories are meant to be where you are a whole person so if you're in a place like if you're a marketing person and you are allowed to share your personal background your personal story by all means like that's what your stories are for like If i've got to make a you know 200 candles one night and i also need to feed my children before i start making them and get them into bed and the process isn't probably going to start until 9 30 at night that's something i'm talking with my audience about my my instagram audience i can look at my insights and see it's 75 percent women in a certain age demographic i know who i'm talking to they are my people they share my life um they're gonna they're gonna connect with the fact that i need to get my kids to bed before i can start the next level of things and so whether you are a solo business runner or you're in a marketing agency, at a huge corporation, if you're in a position to share your personal life, to share what's going into it behind the scenes, that's
1: even more powerful.
0: Awesome advice. Awesome.
1: Well, I'm going to lay down some stats Uh because that's what I do here. According to Instagram, over 500 million accounts use Instagram stories daily. That is 500 million stories presumably going on all day long and over half of users who watch these stories say that they become interested in the brand or product after more interested after they've seen the stories and then a further 50% of those say that they will then move on to the next step, which is moving on to the website or, you know, whatever, um, your landing page to get to your product or service with the intent of buying it and, you know, just from seeing these stories. And then furthermore, uh, 45% of Instagram users say that they prefer stories as a way to become aware of trends and things that are happening and being aware of what their favorite brands are up to. And these are all stats that Instagram has provided. Um, This was from last year, late last year. So tell us, Lisa, how can we nail that Instagram storytelling in a way that keeps an audience interest and builds that loyal following we're talking about? Because there is a certain formula, a certain process of how these stories go and telling that story arc. And I think sometimes when I when I do stories, it's like, okay, I, like I'm doing dinner and then I'm doing this and it, there's... I, well, of course, you know, I, I'm not running a company. So, you know, there's really no connection to it. It's just me talking about me. But when you are managing a brand or you're managing your own company or even your own personal brand you, there is there there is an arc to that storytelling
2: grace you're so good but this is so hard because every time you open your mouth i have so much to say <laughs> by the time you finish oh i'm God. like how could i ever address everything um but no i, I think um you know that, that's such a good point and i think again keeping in mind what instagram stories are for is the first step in all of this so instagram stories are where you share your day-to-day life like Instagram has come out and told us in no uncertain terms that the purpose of Instagram stories is to be creating unique content where you're you're sharing your day to day. Um, And so that's why it's so important to expand beyond your niche and be a whole person. You know, you don't wanna be overthinking it. You don't wanna be over planning it. The more off the cuff and sincere and real you are, the more people are going to be, you know, drawn to you and then drawn to your brand. You have to keep in mind that, you know, all everyone who's buying your product could probably more easily hop onto Amazon and one click buy a very similar product. And the reason that the person isn't doing that is because they would rather connect with you as a human being. They would rather see who they're buying from. So like bite into that, like make use of that. The reason that they that they want to buy from you, that they want to 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 consume your product, to bring it into their own homes, which is such an honor such an honor to have your product brought into someone else's home is because they trust you as a person they know who you are as a person they know the personality and the work and and the heart that went into it and so the more that you can share share that with your community whether it's a product that you're making by hand or something that you're working in a larger corporation the more that you can bring humanity to the product line to the process to your own life is going to make people want to connect with you and bring you into their home because they're not that when they buy my candles they're not just buying a jar of wax. They're buying a piece of me and they know that they can see in my stories that my heart is going into it. They can see my kids at one side of the dinner table and the candles at the other. And while that's very literal as a solopreneur making a tangible product, there's a version of that out there for everyone.
0: See, I, that's, I think the, we could stop the show right there with that. (laughs) I mean, that was, we're not going to, but that was the, um, the, the perfect reason why to put yourself into stories and in your own marketing and all that stuff, because I mean, for example, this is so I uh, at Christmas time, I I'm a big fan of creators because I like to carve. I like to do stuff with my hands. And I know Lisa's that's one of her kind of therapeutic things to it. Something you make is just there's something about it. And I mm-hmm. wanted to highlight other creators. And so I made a post, just a simple post. She didn't ask me to do it. I didn't want to You know, I just did it because I wanted to share, like, go buy stuff from these creators because this is where you need to get this stuff from. And so that wouldn't come unless I would have followed her stories. It's the perfect example of you do want a piece of those and you want to support those people. Uh, Ian Anderson gray, who is a, uh, a, and a fabulous live video guy. Um, his Instagram stories are a perfect example of his personality. He has, he's a professional singer. Um, and he does these really wacky when you call them wacky grace, I would call them wacky, yeah. um, live vi- uh, these video compilations that he's doing. Cause he's so talented with his music. So, um, that, and it's scary though. It's scary to put yourself out there like that. So I wanted to ask Lisa, what makes a good story to tell on Instagram? You talked about being raw and real and part of yourself out there, but what strategies can you share for like driving more viewers to your stories and posts? Because you're very it seems very organic, but I know you have a plan behind it and, and what you're doing.
2: Yeah. So there's a lot of factors there. First, we can just back up into, you know, some of the, the last question and, and how you go about creating your content. And you have to remember that, you know, while you're creating your story, um, you know, off the cuff over the course of your day, someone else might be sitting down and is likely sitting down at the end of their work day or whenever they have a free moment opening up the app and clicking through all of it at one time. Now that's not necessarily the case, and we'll talk about that some more, but you do wanna make sure that what you're putting out there is a coherent thing that can be consumed as a whole. So for example, I live a mile from Disney World. A lot of my content is actually at Disney, and obviously I have a very easy place to create content because I live so close to here and my brand is so tied to Disney. But if I walk into a park and I want to kind of take you along with me, because that's what I'm doing when I'm doing Instagram stories, I'm taking you along with me. I want to create an experience that you can participate in with me. This is very literal when I'm talking about a Disney park, but you can kind of relocate this to anywhere. So if I walk in the front gate, I bring you in with me. I show you the the entrance gate. I let you hear the music. I walk you in the front gate. If we're at Epcot, I ask you if you want to go to the left or right, whether when we're on Spaceship Earth. Do you want to pick our next ride that we go on? Maybe I'm not wanting to do that. Maybe I'm more focused on my kids at the park that day but maybe i'm here alone and i can literally let you guide me around the park let you see let you take me different places and so i try to create a story that can be consumed as a whole and create a whole experience of for example visiting ebcot in the evening as a local Um, you know but all that being said there are certain things that you can do in your particular stories and in your timing of your stories that will really help for example most people open the app on average every 30 minutes or so and so we talked about consuming content all at once but you also have to remember that people are often opening the app throughout the day and the great thing about stories is they go right across the top of the page and You know, and if if you're something that is being consumed by someone, you're going to pop up first. So if you are creating stories, it's better to pop something up every 30 minutes or so over the course of the day. So people are seeing you at the top of their feed continuously rather than throwing up all your content at once and have them eat it all up at once. Uh, You want to be able to guide people to you. So use your tags, use your hashtags. They're less valuable, perhaps, than they were (laughs) at one point, but they are. And also remember that Instagram, their main goal is to keep you on platform that's it. Their only goal is to keep you on platform. And so it's better to put up a story or a reel or a piece of content that is 15 seconds long that somebody will consume all of than 60 seconds long that somebody will consume 45 seconds of. So you need to keep their attention. You also wanna be creating different interactive tools so that Instagram can see if you're being engaged within the app. So the different stickers that they have, whether it's the poll sticker, the quizzes, um, even those little sliders, if you can create engagement that Instagram can measure with those stickers, that's a great thing. You also wanna often, if you haven't been active on the app for a while and you're just starting to do your stories again, you wanna make sure that those first couple of stories have that interaction. So Instagram can wake up and see that your people are here they're watching they're interacting and then for the stories that you do for the rest of the day you can kind of relax a little bit more i know that instagram has your back
0: Mm, all great information so i this this and i know you got this question uh because i think i heard it when we were at momentum um let's say hey okay lisa you're at disney you've got a great background you can go to this the park all the time i live in east texas might be like do you guys want to go to the mailbox today or do you want to see me take out the trash i mean what do you tell people like my life is not exciting enough we got sabrina she can go in in the city in new york and do some amazing stuff there but what if you're like in east texas and you're walking to your office like how exciting is that what do you tell people about you know they say their life isn't exciting enough for stories
2: I say take advantage of how relatable your day is. I mean, you might not want to be sharing 50 stories if you're sitting like on the couch reading a book, <laughs> but like what a lovely thing to sit on the couch and read a book. I would do anything to have an afternoon to sit on the couch and read a book. If I follow you on Instagram and I love your content and I'm you know drawn to you as a human being, I would love to know that you're sitting on the couch and reading a book today because I would envy you and like, be so happy for you. Um, if you're walking out to get the mail, what's the weather like? If you're having a cup of coffee, you know, rather than post your cup of coffee in the morning, ask your followers: Do you drink coffee or do you drink tea? Give them something to interact with. Um, there are different ways to make your day to day something that can be engaged with and relatable. And the more normal your day is, a lot of the times, that's the most relatable that you can be. You might not be able to relate to the fact that I can pop out my door and go to Disney World. It's cool. It's fun to watch but you might not be able to relate with it as much as on a day when I'm just sort of folding laundry and sharing, you know, stories about my son. Mm.
0: Great point. Great advice. Uh, somebody, I think it's Lou said, uh, now nah, I want to see you in your mailbox. Never Lou. Cause I never know what you would put in it. So that's not going to happen. <laughs> so, um, not going to happen. So our, our next story, we're going to be talking about... Grace, did you have any follow-up questions? I mean, this is fascinating with storytelling, so...
1: No, absolutely. I think we can move on to the next one because okay. I, I, want, I really want to talk about these new Instagram updates
0: okay.
1: um, that, are, that are rolling out.
0: Yeah, so this is the, the meta, formerly Facebook, has uh, launched subscriptions um, recently, and this comes as a strategic move to create a platform where Instagram creators can make a living by selling their content. So subscriptions allow creators to monetize and become closer to their most engaged followers by offering this exclusive content and experiences. So they're going to be able to do uh, subscriber lives, subscriber stories, and subscriber badges. And this subscription-based model of income is not dependent on the reach of an Instagram post because um, that they've said can fluctuate. So they're trying to give a, a way for a steady source of income from a set number of subscribers. So um, this is really interesting to me because currently Instagram subscriptions is in this test phase and is only open to like, I think 10 creators across the United States. So um, they have this, they have a set monthly price. They have eight different price points from like 99 cents to $99 a month to unlock the subscription mode on their profile And they're supposed to have more people being in this program in the coming weeks. So this is not wildly available right now. Uh, I haven't even seen it uh, yet uh, on on my Instagram feeds. I'm not following maybe the right people. But um, I want to know, Lisa, what do you think about this update as an active Instagram creator and user?
2: So I haven't seen it yet. I'm not one of the 10, nor do I... (laughs) Follow any of them apparently, and um, I don't know if I would would have noticed if they did. But I love this. I I I hope this rolls out for you know further. I I, I love the concept of it. I love it as an idea, and I think that the big thing for me is that it's like you said, it's not tied to your engagement or your numbers directly on any given feed post or anywhere. It's really just tied directly to your subscribers. And I think that I love this as much as I do because it really creates this like potential for a depth of connection that you wouldn't necessarily be getting elsewhere. Um, firstly, because it highlights so much the fact that it's not about the numbers, it's about the depth of engagement with your community, whether it's 10 people or a million people. And that, that dollar amount is such a tangible way to understand what that means. So if I have you know a very small, very committed Instagram community that I am very much engaged with, I am in a very small niche, I have a following of 400 people, you know, and some percentage of those people decide to give me $100 a month because that's the value that I'm created to, creating for them, I'm making a living on right. Instagram. Not because I have a million followers, but because there's a small group of people who really value my content that much. And those are the people that I can really go deep in if I'm comfortable in my, my niches because somebody who follows me for run Disney content might've followed me during Marathon Weekend and then unfollows me a week later because they're not interested in my dog. Well, that's fine, you can go. But if you're able to sort of channel this niche, this like very niche content into a subscriber audience that really you do know is interested in your day-to-day life and your background and sort of what goes beyond the surface level of your Facebook feed, I think that can be a really powerful thing. And that dollar value that we talked about is such a great way of making that a tangible thing. Because like I said, if you've got a tiny audience that is really engaged with you and really draws value from what you're, you're giving, you can make a living off of providing for those people. And that sort of takes the pressure off of those numbers that we're all so wedded
0: to. Mm, That's those are great points. Now, this is interesting because Nikki says it feels slimy to her and I would, I say it could. It could easily, you know, if, you have, if you're following the wrong person or they're really pushing their subscriptions really hard, yes, I could see how that could be slimy. But what, what Lisa was saying, I think the people who want an avenue to support you because they love you and they love your content and they want to give you the freedom to create more of it, I think it's a good thing. I really really do Well,
2: and you're creating value i mean it doesn't right. feel slimy to me because nobody has to do it you're right. still getting my same content I, I, again I, there's 10 people in right. the country who <laughs> yeah, have yeah. this I, we're all being very theoretical about all of this and it's not something that i have access to but i can begin to imagine like what i could what i could provide for people like if you wanted to give me 99 dollars a month what i could do for you like what that opens up the possibility of, of having that income stream that would allow me to take you on runs for me if you love me for running content provide a, a, a you know access to creating candle scents with me there, there are so many different ideas of access that you can give people and they, it it doesn't feel slimy to me because you don't have to give me that money I, again right. this is all very theoretical right, right. It's, it's something that none of us has right
0: but, but we've to right seen now. we've seen but subscription I can
2: see so many ways to create value for your community with them being able to tap into you in that way.
0: And we've seen subscription based stuff before, like with Patreon and a lot of people do that. And so I think it's just, it's almost Patreon for that channel. The thing that'll be Mm -hmm. interesting is they said for a year that there won't be any, you know, off the top from meta. They're not gonna take a cut. Of course that can change. And they've done this before in the past. And you always wanna watch that and always not build your stuff on, you know, somebody else's land. Nikki said this though, she goes, ah, yes. What Lisa said is changing my mind. See? That's, that's why we do this show. It's just amazing.
2: That's great. I, yeah. That makes, that makes me really happy to hear. Yeah. I think like a lot of times these things, whether it's like a Disney, like a change in like a Disney cost thing or something online, it's like right. people hear this and like that, like you, it does feel a little icky at first until you start to see how it plays out in practice, how people can create value for you. And, you know, God willing, you know, as usual that, you know, the people who need to be, um, you know, weeded out will be weeded out naturally because you're not using it right, then you shouldn't be drawing the audience.
0: Right. And Lou said uh, mailbox stories for just $99 a month. That's great. When I get access, Lou, you know, that's what I want to be doing. So, uh, (laughs) yeah. And somebody else said, I like that perspective, Lisa, the person receiving the content determines the value. They determine it's worth $99. It's their choice, but a great way to support the person. Yeah. Yeah. So very, very cool. Um, uh, You had a question, Grace. I'm sorry. I cut you off. Uh, Oh,
1: absolutely. Well, it's it's kind of building on this point. So the head of Instagram, Adam Azari, uh, did when he was introducing this, say that it was that subscriptions are one of the best ways for influencers and creators to have a predictable income. Now we've already talked about the potential, this potential of what this could be, and of course, I am also not one of the ten that was chosen, and I also <laughs> haven't seen this in action quite yet. So I know that they're just still experimenting. And but given your experience with using Instagram to drive business to your blog and business, uh, your brand, um, do you think this will be a viable way to make an additional income from Instagram? Or do you think the potential is still in driving them onto your own sites, onto your own projects? Well, I mean, with, without without exception, you
2: should always, like Jeff alluded to before, keep in mind that no matter how much money is coming in, if it's coming off, in off someone else's platform, then you're sort of subject to their whims. And enough of us have sort of had our Instagrams go away at a snap or our Facebooks or YouTubes or you know these things happen. And so build with caution, if you're building on someone else's land. But that being said, I think that, um, you know, anything that's inspiring um, creators to create good content on a platform that you're active on is going to be a good thing. And I also think that it's, it's it creates Obviously, it creates an income stream that's not tied to your specific posts or your specific feed, and we, t- you know, we talked about that before. The power of knowing that you have that monthly income coming in and having it not be tied to the numbers of responses to a given feed post is is a very powerful thing. And I also think, you know, brand deals are probably becoming a little bit of a problem on Instagram because people are becoming big on that platform are really only making money via brand partnerships that exist off the platform. And so the the platform has become a little bit icky feeling to me in some ways. I know I've unsubscribed to some people when I feel like there's nothing but brand partnerships in their feed. Um, And so being able to see people generate income via value directly in the app, um, I I think it would be really interesting to see how that plays out and how that helps with some of the oversaturation of other things that we're seeing in in the app.
0: So one of the things I wanted to talk about real quick before we move on to the next uh, section is that uh, one of the things with Facebook subscriptions, which is Facebook is another aspect of meta with the name change. They allow you to download those subscriptions as an email address and you keep them for yourself. There's been speculation from the articles that I've read that they will they don't do it now, but eventually they will allow the subscription model to do the same thing since it's the same company. I think that's a huge deal because that takes away the problem of. The rented land. If you have somebody that you can get, and I think that's super smart on Meta's, you know, thing because that's very attractive. That you would be able to get like all the people who support you on a list that you can email. What are your thoughts on that, Lisa?
2: Yeah, I mean, obviously, it speaks directly to what we were saying initially right. about being cautious about building your, your, you know, your your playing field on somebody else's turf, um, you know, knowing that you can get those email addresses is valuable. And I, I think it, it just shows a certain respect for the creative community mm-hmm. on Instagram, right. that they trust you to be able to interact directly off off feed with your your followers and and know that, you know, you, you don't necessarily want everything you do to be subject to the whim um, of, the, of the platform. And so, yeah, there's obviously value in that. Um, I can see it. I, I, I had read that, they, that it is expected probably in part because it's on Facebook, but I had right. read that it was expected that you'll be able to, to download that information too. And, and needless to say, that would be, um, that
0: would be very helpful, which I hope would add for other networks, that competition, when they would see that, that, okay, well then YouTube shorts is going to start doing that too. And all these other places, it will start like a, maybe a snowball effect that, yeah, that will really help creators and it'll keep them creating content. So hopefully that will happen. So Grace, Yeah, move. I think the tide's
2: rising on a lot of fronts. Um, and while there's a lot of sort of negative that you can see going on amongst the various platforms, like things like this, like paying your creators, realizing there's value in your creators. And that's why people are on your platform. Um, you know, there's, there, there's some merit in that. And if Instagram yeah. needed to learn that from YouTube or TikTok yeah. or anywhere else, then um, I'm glad they at least learned it.
0: Yeah. So let's talk about this next section because, I, I mean, we may have to do a part two with Lisa because this is amazing stuff that's going on. Um, but let's talk, Grace, real quick about the remixes, because this is interesting, which is kind of TikTokish. but talk about this.
1: Yeah, well, remixes as or as we know them in other ways, the TikTok duet format where someone will have a video and then you react to it or you respond to it or interact with it some cool way. Instagram is now allowing creators to remix any of their public videos, not just Reels. I believe this is something that rolled out to Reels, I think around March. And if you're not familiar, Reels is uh, Instagram short form video content that is very similar to to the TikTok. And this feature allows users to record their own reels or videos alongside another, uh, you know, as a means of interacting, reacting, collaborating, highlighting, whatever. And so now Instagram is saying that they are allowing this for any public video. Any public video is now fair game for this new format, but it only applies to videos that are public. Published publicly, so if you do have a private personal account, you know you don't have you don't need to worry about your videos being remixed. So, is this a feature that you know you've used a lot on your own Reels since it launched? And do you think that it will do more for Instagram creators now, or Instagram creators now that it's available on any video?
2: So, I'm admittedly not a huge Reels user, um, but aspects of this do sort of make me want to experiment a little bit more i think you know you've seen what remixes or what the duets do on tiktok as far as engaging community and bringing new people in and bringing new people into your story there are you know tiny creators on tiktok who create something that then gets sort of duetted with a very famous person and then they can blow up overnight um and i i, I love that i think it's i think it's a great um i think it's a great tool um you know and anything that allows for more community interaction um in the app I'm, i've I've got myself behind.
0: So one of the things is TechCrunch notes that it's not clear that all Instagram creators will be open to the idea of having their video content repurposed in this way. I had the same issue with shorts, is um you're defaulted that it's okay for everybody to use your content to do this kind of stuff. Um and with the launch of this remixes for public videos, Instagram seems like to assume that everyone's okay with this. And Um, I'm not really sure about this. So there's a risk of perfect, of a perfectly harmless video kind of going sideways and reinterpretation and all this stuff. So how do you opt out of the situation or be, or should you be ready to spin it as some positive thing? Like if you have, you know, some of those meme characters, the, the people made some money off of them because they were, they were everywhere and they were able to capitalize on that. So how should brands or marketers, should we, should we go turn it off? Should we leave it on and just hope for the best? What are your thoughts on that?
2: So for starters, the, <clears throat> excuse me, the way that I understand it is that, I, and I don't know this for sure, but the way that I've understand it is the plan is that this will not be retroactive. And right. so if you've got public content up that went that went up before this took place, I think you're in the clear there. Um, that being said, going forward, if you have a public feed, you do need to, the, now from the way that I understand it, you can opt out generally. So you can just sort of check a box in your setup that makes it so that things can't be shared period or you can in in the instance of sharing a particular video you can opt for it not to be allowed to be included in a remix and so you do have pretty full control over things to that extent that being said like if you've got a public first if you're private on instagram you're fine if you have a public facing profile on any social media platform and any of this gives you the squickies i would (laughs) encourage you strongly to reconsider your posts, your your content strategy as a whole. Because you should not ever, <laughs> whether it's a 24-hour um, story or a snap or a blog post that you worked on for six months, you should not be putting anything into the public domain that you are not comfortable with the world sharing and seeing. Period. End right. of story. And if you have something that you want to put up that you feel like might be a little bit questionable. Like I said, you can opt out with that checkbox on the particular video. But that being said, you know, you might want to think about whether you have a private account or a public account in general. And if you have a public account, you need to remember that anything can be screenshotted, whether it can be remixed or not.
0: So we have some great comments about that. So Amy Key says, oh, that's where her brain went too. Uh, is that uh, her PR a uh, crisis communications part of her brain kicked in when she heard that. And, you know, that's the thing, too. Like if I so let's go back to the mailbox thing, if I did like me going out the mailbox and I, they're like, oh, we're going to make fun of this, this bearded weirdo in East Texas and start remixing it to stuff, you know, that could be bad for a brand. And so I I can see that. But I think um, like what Gary I says, have,
2: and, but not to interrupt, but like in what way, like in what way is getting your face out there to millions of people? Because whether they're making fun of you or not. Like somebody loves your mustache. And if they get to you via a, a, a remix that's mocking you, who cares? Like, yeah. mock me for being ugly when I run. Mock me for my kid going to school in shorts when it's 30 degrees outside. Somewhere out there, there was a mother who did the same thing and is so relieved to see me. So, mock away. I'm a real person, I've, I'm a human being with faults. And if you want to mock me, then it doesn't feel great. But from like an audience reality perspective, from a connecting with your people, it might hurt a little bit, but it's probably a good thing in the end. So whatever they're mocking, other people are making the same mistake.
0: So I think that's a good point. And I think that's great. Um, The I guess my point would be like if you're running social media for a brand and Mm -hmm. that's where you might want to be careful, because brands are freaky anyway, you know, don't say this, don't say that. Make sure that you, you know, the, the corporate people, you know, I could just see that being a nightmare. Like if you were running something for a huge organization and somebody made fun of, you know, there's tons of examples anyway, but I think you're right. Like I don't, Again, I think you just
2: need to reexamine what you're sharing in general, like if this makes you uncomfortable, you probably need to reexamine your content in general and your comfort level, because while it's more visibly shareable as a remix, like I can record my screen anytime and share it out. I don't need Mm -hmm. your permission for that. Mm -hmm. And so if you're putting stuff out there that you don't want repurposed in that way, then maybe you need to reconsider what your content is.
0: Yeah. So Gary says, yeah, he was told to use canned responses on Instagram the other day. <laughs> yeah, we've, we've had to deal with, you know, I, it's always, I've had a, you know, corporate, you know, and it's, they don't understand social sometimes. So anyway, um, that's a great point, Gary. Um, so p- spinning it positively for your brand, I think is, a, is the, the best thing and not putting stuff out there that, you know, I tell my kids that. Don't put anything out there that you don't want to come back to bite you. Uh, later like when you're trying to get a job so uh, this last uh, section of news I wanted to talk about real quick is these I think it's cool because it's live and I do not do a a live uh, a lot of live shows over on Instagram I think that this year Hopefully, they may open up the API where we can actually do some of these third-party stuff. I'm hoping. I know Grace is too. <laughs> I
1: am a- so hoping that is the number one question we get. I think. Right. Uh, At every Restream. is when how and the thing is is Instagram is just very much wanting to its live experience to be a mobile first thing, which is right. You know, God love them. Go
0: ahead. So, so what this is? It's not. It doesn't have anything to do with remix. But they announced it kind of at the same time. They announced they will now allow users to highlight the topic, date, and time of a scheduled live on their profile. So this is going to give users an easier way to view and sign up for lives, and creators won't necessarily have to create a feed post to promote the event, which I think is very, very cool. Uh, and this new feature is rolling out to Instagram users now. I checked this morning. I have it so I can actually schedule a live. So it's, it's rolling out to more people than the, the, some of the other stuff. But um, I really think this is a good thing, but I, I want to know Lisa, what your thoughts are of, of using lives. I don't know if you do a lot of them, but uh, I just think it's, it's really, really cool.
2: I am in love with this change. I have it too. i super excited about it. Um, so live is great period on Instagram, even though it had its faults and has had its faults. Like it, Live in general is just a great way to keep you on your toes like you cannot fake it live. You are <laughs> off the coffee, You're as real as it gets when you're live. Um, we all know that. So, you know, it, when you pair that with the purpose of stories, with the purpose of storytelling on Instagram, of connecting and being authentic and sharing your day-to-day self, it's just such a perfect pairing. And Instagram clearly gets that because the other great thing about live is when you look at your, your screen across the top of the stories, if you're live, you're first. Mm-hmm. And that's a very powerful thing. And so... Um, I think live has been a very powerful tool on Instagram for a long time. I I tend not to use it very much in large part because it wasn't that schedulable. There wasn't a great way to get people to to share it, you know, if I would share something in a story two days before an event happened and like, why am I even doing this? They're not going to be able to hit the link in 24 hours. Um, so I, I do love this. I love the fact that people can now come in if they're not following you. If they just happen upon your profile, they can see you've got a live coming, even if they aren't following you in order to see a story or a live or a feed mm-hmm. post that announced it, um, you know, while... Be lives can be sort of off the cuff. I think the ability to plan them and let people know about them and Facebook was always a very powerful thing that kind of made us go there more often. But with the power of live in Instagram, the fact that you can now do this just makes it that much better.
0: Yeah. So I want to talk to you about like, let's talk a little bit about strategy on how to use this new scheduled live. Like, like would you, would you like say, because you know you have a run, you're doing like a Disney run or something, would you schedule like, I'm going to do a live right after? The, the finish line or when I'm projecting, I mean, how would you work that into like your stories, content and going live? Like, give us some real world examples that you might use it in.
2: So I probably wouldn't clutter my feed post at all. Okay. Unless I have a great announcement and it sort of segues naturally with a you know great picture that I would have posted otherwise. I would never create specific feed content to announce a live and I certainly won't do it now that I have this option. Um I think I would make sure that it when you you've played with it too, Jeff, I assume. So they give you the option um to create Know text that describes mm-hmm. it. So I'd make sure that that description is very, very specific. That's going to be showing up um, in your profile so that somebody who's coming in from the outside. I mentioned that one of the great things about this is that somebody who doesn't follow you can see it just by popping into your profile and happening upon it. So make sure that that description is as specific as possible for somebody who might not know you and your content extremely well. I might pop up a story now being more mindful to do a story, you know, kind of right beforehand with a link. But I would rely more on that profile and make sure that I have my description very much on point. And like you said, one of the great things about this is that, you know, if I have a a run coming up, for example, and I know we're all going to be waking up at one thirty in the morning and getting ready for our run. Well, you might not be happening upon my Instagram at that point. But if you know that I have scheduled a two o'clock in the morning on Marathon, I am going live for 15 minutes. I'm going to put my makeup on, get ready, and we're all going to get pumped together then everybody knows to come to that beforehand even if they wouldn't have happened upon my story real time so there are just so many more ways to clue people in in advance if you know that you're going to be wanting to take advantage of a live opportunity soon
0: so i have a question on this and i don't know the answer and if any of you in the audience knows or, or have heard like let's say i wanted to interview lisa on run day on on instagram live could I schedule it would it show up on both of our feeds that it's a scheduled live like if you're invited to it do you know how that works with interviews like if I'm two so people-
2: I to the extent that I played with it I didn't see an option for adding another person it just okay. gives you like the description and the time and then that's what's going to show up so maybe you do need to coordinate a little better to make sure that you both are putting it up in your profiles mm-hmm. um, I it, it, and that might be something that's that gets changed once we're out of beta with um with this test run but right. As of right now, I don't think you can. So you probably just want to coordinate with people. They have that cool option now in feed posts to do a partnership feed post. And I can see them rolling out something very similar once this live thing gets going. But for now, I think we need to coordinate.
0: Yeah. Cause like Gary said, he saw a great live this morning called business for culture for experts on small business, excellent stuff. So my, th- because one of the benefits of going live with somebody else is that you share that audience. You know, mm-hmm. I think being able to schedule that and share that audience at the same time, you'd be able to draw in more people. That'd be good for your your profile. It'd be good for their profile. Uh, so I'm really hoping that would, would go out because that would be even more of a reason for people to start going live. Like if I could interview Grace about live video and she could share it to all her thousands of Instagram followers and they would, you know, I just think that would be really, really cool. So.
2: Yeah. And even now, like if you go live with someone on Instagram, that pairing will show up like that beautiful positioning of the live right. feeds that are right at the beginning of your stories. It, it will show that you're with some, that you're live with someone else in that. So you are drawing from your audience in that way. And I think for the time being, you'll just have to coordinate in that profile manner.
0: Gotcha. So we've got just a few minutes left. Thank you guys so much for uh, being here on the show today with us. But I want to get Lisa, what would you say For people who are struggling with storytelling and they feel like they're super random on Instagram stories, what would you, what would you say is the biggest piece of advice or what's your biggest piece of advice you would give to them who are struggling with storytelling on Instagram?
2: So my biggest piece of advice is just to do it. And I know that that's like the worst advice ever, (laughs) but just, just pump a few stories out. You can set up your stories to only go to your close friends list. And if you want to do test modes where you just have like your mom and your best friend as your close friends, and those are the only people that see it in your safe place also just do it not live like if you're not comfortable being on video set up a little like stand with a camera while you're making dinner and like make dinner and talk through to the video and then like watch it back and critique yourself did did i say um too many times did i look awkward was i looking off camera you can kind of learn from experience in a private setting doing something like cooking dinner that you're never going to share with anybody but just in seeing getting used to seeing yourself on video hearing what your voice sounds like from the outside you know, the different faces that you make, the different noises, like just getting used to that and learning to kind of accept who you are and tweak yourself on camera um, in your, in the privacy of your own home is, 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 a great tool.
0: Yeah. Great advice. So Lisa, we've been, we've been bringing up your lower third the entire time talking about the castle but where can people find out about you? And do you have anything cu- upcoming that you're, you want to share and, and on the show, just let us know. Um, but we, you've been an amazing guest and I hope everybody goes and follows you on Instagram in your blog, everything, because you are chock full of information.
2: This has been such an interesting conversation. Like I said, every time you guys open your mouths, I wanted to respond like an hour of conversation so I could go on forever. Um, but, but yeah, that being said, thank you so much for having me. Again, my name is Lisa Donato-Glassner. My blog is thecastlerun.com, where we chronicle that journey to joy that I've been talking about earlier. There's a shop tab on the blog, or you can just go to corememorycandles.com if you're interested in the candle shop. And you can find me on Instagram over at the Runner and corememorycandles. Those are my two Instagram accounts.
0: And by the way, uh, Yankee has nothing on her candle. So if you're a candle junkie, go, go get, go get her candles. So, uh, Grace, where can we find out all about Grace Hugo Duffy?
1: You can find me here every single week with Jeff and I will actually be managing his mailbox while he goes off on a cruise. (laughs) Want to tell us about that, Jeff? No, that's,
0: that's all right. I just, you know, I'm going to be, we're going to do the show and Lisa's going to be there, uh, on the cruise and Lou. And I'm so excited. Just get me on the ship
1: yes absolutely
0: so, and by the way we are also a podcast you can find us at uh, all your favorite uh podcasting players um Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, all those places, go there. Leave us a rating review. It really helps us out. We really appreciate that. Our next show is on Friday, February 4th at 11 a.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Central. And you can always find us on Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, and Amazon Live. Special thanks to our sponsor, uh, um, Ecamm. They're what makes this show possible. You can go to socialmedianewslive.com forward slash Ecamm. Check them out. They also have an amazing LinkedIn section starting next week. They've got uh, some training by Judy. Fo- Julie Fox is going to be on there and it's just going to be amazing. So all week uh, on LinkedIn, make sure you go find them at uh, linkedin.com forward slash company forward slash Ecamm network. And with that, we uh, thank you guys so much for watching. You guys are amazing. Thank you, Gary. Thank you, Brian. Thank you, uh, Sabrina. All and Linda, everybody who's watching and all your great comments. Lou, Lou too. Lou, thank you for watching the show as well. And we will see you guys next time. Bye, everybody. Social Media News Live.